you have to have a unique aspect. You have to have a USP. What differentiates you from other people? Cheers you Bamboo, which is yeah. the, the number one rum in the world. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Mm. Um, I own this thing, which is McQueen, uh, and the Violet Fog, which is a gin. Yeah, that one's um, good. My past brands, David, I don't know if you know uh, Ace of Spades. Yeah. So yep. Ace of Spades, and then I have a cognac that uh, sold a long time ago called Doucet. So a whole bunch of brands, but... Um, uh, fortunately for me, I get to talk to really cool people, um, but whether it's uh, icons like uh, like uh, Rick Ross or uh, Nipsey Hussle or uh, uh, up-and-coming artists who are now huge like Post Malone uh, to sports people like Deontay Wilder, who we lost, who lost in the last bout to Tyson Fury. Um, uh, but I'm giddy. I'm freaking excited to talk to you. If Ed Sheeran wanted to call me right now, I'd say, fuck you, Ed. I want to talk to David. <laughs> and part of me, I swear, I'm not, I'm, I'm not kidding. Part of me hates it. I was never into, I've never watched a reality show in my life, ever. Real Housewives or Big Brother or uh, or the, the contestant shows. And uh, it's the strangest thing. You're the first show I've watched. And... It's like I want to find people to talk about the show, which is just the weirdest thing. Can can you relate to someone like me? Yeah, mate, completely. Like, I'm not a reality show guy. Like, I don't watch reality TV. So, like, I'm very, very similar to you in that I don't, um, you know, I, I don't watch Desperate Housewives or reality. I don't, I don't even know what they're called, the shows, to be honest. It's not really the kind of content that i personally like to consume you know like I'm, yeah. I'm very much about kind of like how can i learn more about stuff you know it's, yep. it's how can i develop connections relationships how can i like kind of gain something from it and like a lot of reality shows are kind of a bit more mind numbing rather than enlightening so why did you why did you why did you offer yourself up for this show a couple of reasons like so i didn't really know the premise I didn't know what it was, right? Like when when we got told, we got told what the the flip the switch was when when you guys saw it. Like that was the sure. first time. So before then, for me, the main thing was like this is going to be a fun story to tell my friends first yep. and foremost. Like this is this is a story. This is an opportunity. It's it's one of those things that like comes up and you don't really know what's going to happen, but it's it could be a story to tell your mates or your kids in the future. Or That's no one could ever see it. Or or no one could ever see it. Yeah, exactly. But like, even if no one saw it, then I could still be like, yeah, I did this thing. And like, this is what happened. Like, It's something that you could sit around a campfire or at the bar and chat with your friends and kind of like reminisce on good times. Sure. So that was kind of the first thing that kind of got me interested. But then the second thing was when I started to see the the companies that were working on this, like the production company, Talkback um, here in the UK, Fremantle was another one. Like they're a very successful um, television production company here in the UK. And then when I figured out it was going to be on Netflix, I was like, okay. Was it already was it already booked on Netflix even before it was filmed? Yeah, it was, but they didn't tell us. Like, Got we, it. Didn't, we didn't know. It was very much hush-hush. Like, there was a lot of, of secrecy around the so, detail. 
So what I read is, and again, I can't stand the fact that I'm so into this. It's so weird. <laughs> but what I what I read was you had to submit like a number of pictures of yourself and tell a sell yourself, tell a story. Is that true? It it was. I, I'm trying to think back because my my like audition process was a long time ago. Like for me, it was October 18, and no, yeah, long. When time did they ago. when did they film? um this time last year so it was it was so it's uh, been sitting it's been sitting around for a long time yeah bizarre yeah they wanted to, obviously they wanted to make sure that everything kind of released at the right time and yeah the edit was really important to get that right too so they put a lot of love and attention into it but so like the the application process like they found me on instagram that was the first thing so so you didn't you didn't contact them no Come on. No, like I had no idea. I just got a, a message off um, one of the casting girls one day. Dude, we love your profile. Uh, we love what you're doing. We're making this new show. Would you be up for a chat? And that was it, man. It was a case of like, like having this conversation. And uh, yeah, so we kind of... Um, I think it was they see they saw what I looked like first off on my social media, but then after that, yeah, there was like three or four um, kind of interviews, you know, where I had to kind of before like, you sell yourself. So basically, so, so interviews like for a job, effectively. So I'm curious: is your persona is your persona in real life the persona we saw on the show? Yeah, pretty much. Do you think it's the pretty same much. with everyone else? I think that there's some embellishment in yeah. certain areas. You know, like it's it's magnified. Um, most people are real, though. Like that was the thing that made the show good, is that people were authentic. Yeah. So you have the, like... All the, all the kind of relationships were, were pretty much real and authentic and there was no kind of playing up that much. I think, you know, some people kind of enjoyed being on camera and you could see that, um, but ma majority... Because I could see I, I could see going on a show, and again, for those people who are, you know, who love reality TV and who want to be in it, I could see like, okay, I'm going to go in with this persona. This is, I'm going to be the badass. I'm going to be the guy who's a disruptor. I'm going to love everybody. Like, what was your view of what you want to sell on the show? Well, I think that I kind of, I went into it with the mindset of just be you. Like, yeah. it was, there was not really like a try and be anything. It was just, yeah. I just wanted to be the person that basically my parents would be proud of, right? Like, I knew that my oh, family... Oh, I hate you. You know, I, 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 I just... <laughs> So I called, uh, so I'll give a shout out to my daughter, Madison, who's 20, who's watching this. And I called her, uh, we FaceTimed and I said, uh, I'm going to be interviewing David from a show called Too Hot to Handle. And every freaking time I mention your name to some girl, their voice picks up like five notches and they're literally like, oh my God, I love him. Oh my God, he's my favorite. Oh my God, he's so sweet and nice. Like... Everybody, do you get that now? Everybody just is in awe of you. Um, there's been a lot of really positive comments, that's for sure. Like people are very sweet, very generous, and uh, it's it's been quite 
overwhelming the positivity to be honest yeah did, did uh um sorry about so, by the way i'm sorry yeah i know i'm sorry and i literally she's like can you introduce me but can i and i'm like no 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 stay home uh, but she is watching but but um so for those people watching take instagram before this what was your instagram following at before it was released yeah before the show it was like 20 thousand twenty five thousand something like that and then what was literally when it's when the show is out that first day what happened for you on on that day the main thing that happened was that everyone that had my phone number was messaging me so did, like, they, did they know that you were on this show did you not, tell anybody no not at all so like we so have cool. like very much kept it a secret like only a couple of my closest friends and family knew and so as soon as it came out and people started to see it, it like, you know, it's like wildfire. People spread it, like gets sent to the WhatsApp groups that I'm in and like friends are sending to other friends. And so like my phone just exploded. I'm surprised it could even take that many messages because literally like people I went to school with are messaging me and like old bosses and like colleagues and friends and old girlfriends and everyone's kind of like, oh my God, I've just seen this thing on Netflix. And so it very much like erupted. That was the main thing that happened that day. So, um, like, what did what did Instagram go to in like the first day? It only went up by about twenty thousand. And so then I think, what? I think it went to like on the first day it was like twenty thousand. It went up by, and then the next day it went up by like forty thousand. And I think the day after that it went up by like eighty thousand. And it peaked. It went up one day by a hundred thousand people. And then kind of like since then it's kind of like like tapered off slowly, but. I, it's still going up by about 30,000 a day at the moment. Are you shocked? Uh, mate, blown away. Like, it's so, only been out for two and a half weeks. So, so um, and uh, and we'll get into the self-made side of why I get to talk to people. And, but, um, and I want to know about your business. And I want you to personally start training me at home and see if you can help me with my gut to look like you. Um, but, and again, we'll get into it. But one of the big things is, what do you... Like you gotta, you gotta use all this, and this is your opportunity. Do you see that? Yes, a hundred percent. And I think that's really, really important that people watching see that actually, you know, followers and likes they don't buy cars and houses. Yep. You you have to be. I think there's this idea that if you get a lot of followers, then you will be rich, and that is not the case. Sure. You have to have a skill you have to provide a service and you have to provide a product you have to have something you have to add value exactly that's yeah. exactly it and you know it's interesting because i've been having conversations with people around um how my following has grown but they seem to just fixate only on that number yeah they only, they only like oh my god it's, it's almost a million now and you're like well that is amazing that there's so many people out there that are interested in me as a person. But I think that if you attribute your worth or your value to a number like that, then you're missing so much because actually you're as a person, it's not dictated by that number. And also to be successful, you're not successful if you have a million followers, you know, you, for me, my personal success is completely unrelated. Do, um, and let's get into that from from your perspective being a coach are you coaching yourself in the sense of what you believe in right now yeah to a degree because i i feel like 
I have to keep myself in check. Yeah. Right? Like, it's very important to be the same guy that I have been and not, and, and just keep myself focused on what is important. So, like, sure. for me, the thing that is, like, my driving force, my why, and the thing that really, like, moves me is to help people live longer, healthier, happier lives. Yeah. Right? And, like, it's important for me to have the healthy and happy because, like, enjoying a nice run makes me happy. You know, like, having a great conversation with you makes me happy. So, so, like, so do you, out of all the contestants, do you think you're most like Lana? <laughs> Uh, at the moment, I'm in lockdown. No, really, really, no, no, no. Well, but so, no, but she, again, she's all about advice and trying to better the person and try to better the couple. That's what you're basically saying, right? I suppose so to a degree, because I mean, I've been a coach for like ten years, so I'm very much like in a specific area in like health and fitness and wellness. Like, sure. Yeah, like I suppose I would be the equivalent of Lana in another environment. So, so, so I have to, again, it's so weird for me to ask such curious questions about the show, but I have to ask some things. Right. So, so one thing, cause I'm, I'm, I'm from uh, the U S I'm from Chicago, but I have to get the banter down for a second. Yeah. So Chloe keeps talking about, she wants a geezer. What the hell's a geezer? So a geezer, it's, um, kind of, it's hard to put exactly like a, definition but a geezer is a is a generally like a working class male from okay. from england they um typically kind of like south london southeast london bit of a geezer talk about talk about things like this kind of maybe into football a little bit you know a bit of a geezer a bit of a lad you know a bit hard they're the kind of guy that you don't want to fuck with in the pub you know what i mean is there such a thing as a, a female geezer they like you could have a female that had those characteristics, but you wouldn't really. You would refer to it as that. No, you no, wouldn't no. call a woman a geezer. Right. Geezer is a male term. So Tori used this. He used a line called "I can't be arsed." Yeah. What does that mean? What does that <laughs> can't, mean? Can't be bothered. Arsed means bothered. You, you don't want to do it. You, you like doesn't want to put in the effort. I can't okay. be bothered. I can't be asked. I don't so, want to do it. No. So it looked like on the show you got along really well with with uh, Sharon. Yeah. And at one point, Chloe called him when she first saw him a donut. <laughs> Did she Which, really yeah, she no, it was on the show, but and I was surprised he didn't kind of lean in on that because, like, why are you bringing that up? But when when someone's referred to as a donut, what does that mean? Um, well, it's nothing to do with their weight. It's not like a it's not like calling someone fat or anything. Yeah, yeah. For me, it might be slightly different with exactly Chloe's definition. But um, if I call someone a donut, it means they're a little bit silly. Maybe they're a little bit stupid or they're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not, uh, it's not an offensive term. It's just yeah. like a kind of playful, oh, you're a bit of a donut. Like, it's kind All of right. not a bad thing, really. So, um, the fact... Uh, did you watch the show since it's been out? Yes, I did. I watched it and I watched it over about five days. Like I didn't did you, binge watch it. Did you watch it with anybody? My sister. Okay. Yeah. She was intrigued. She was intrigued. Was it was hard like, to watch yourself? It, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't. Like, because I've been doing social media for a few years, I'm so used to editing my own content and things like that. So... 
I'm kind of used to seeing myself on camera and that bit wasn't weird. I think the weird bit was like replaying the things that had happened a year ago and yeah. like going through those things and kind of seeing them from a different perspective. So, so, so take me who's watching the show and when they introduce you, the first thing you said was, uh, you know, when I walk into a bar, I just take off my shirt and that's when I get everybody like, exactly. Or is that what you do now? You're like, what the fuck did I say that? Mate. Yeah. That, so I, I, that was when we filmed that VT, that like intro bit, it was very much a kind of over exaggerated, hyped up. Yeah. 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 I mean, I have done that in the past. Not going to lie. Like I have done it. (laughs) Usually it's on holiday or it's like in a hot country or something like that. I wouldn't walk into a London bar and like take my shirt off. (laughs) Just so we're clear, I Googled you and I sort of got 90% of the pictures that are out there. You have no clothes on. So yeah, I don't know why. That's that's weird. There's this, I don't know why. (laughs) You gotta, you gotta leverage it. You gotta leverage it. Right. Yeah, I've worked really hard on my on my body, and it it does. Some people like it, so fuck it. That's good. No, it's it's important. It's it's part of you. So so when I talk to my daughter Madison and and a lot of people about you, they all say the same thing with respect to Rhonda. They all wish you were with her. Do you get a lot of that? I have had a few people say, yeah, like I spoke to actually spoke to Rhonda earlier on the phone. We had a little chat. A nice little catch up. Um, yeah, like Rhonda's so sweet. She's so wonderful. She's so beautiful. Um, and like we did have a really nice chemistry and like we flirted a lot. And there was definitely like a connection there. But, um, you know, what happened happened. And it, it, it I, I feel like, like as a fan of you, David, I think the only mistake you made is you were second, you got there second. That's it. <laughs> At least in the show. Yeah. In the show, sure, I got there first, right? Yeah, I mean, in it was it was very close, and um, I just wasn't quite as um, aggressive in that environment. You know, like yeah. there was earlier opportunities which I could have taken, but I chose not to. And Are you? I, have you given the time lag? of when the show was actually released did you stay in touch with everybody during that time oh yeah 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 we've been in touch the whole time who's your closest male on the show um closest male these days is probably matt or harry or bryce wow really yeah like sharon and i are really really close we were on the show but then we kind of have drifted apart out of the you know since filming he he's not the best person with his phone it's been hard to stay in touch which is a real shame um but yeah definitely like i speak to bryce a lot harry and, and matt speak to them all which is which is pretty cool but the interesting thing is that the the person that i'm actually probably closest with out of everyone is nicole wow what really yeah like she she lives she lives very close to me so like we've been able to hang out a lot since filming and she's literally like one of my closest friends now. Well, I, on a, on a personal note, I was pissed when Haley left. <laughs> Tell me I, why. Why, why, why. I, I think, I don't know, something about a Haley and a Madison and a Tory kind of giving angst to the situation <laughs> is a positive, but what they all had in common is no one, 
They didn't hook up with anybody. No one. They didn't get a match, so they're pissed. But but Haley, you know, I don't know. She just made it interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know what you mean. That it provided a, a contrast. Yeah, Haley had a, an edge to her. Yeah, and, um, there was definitely because it, it being being in there when she was there, her and Francesca were very close, and um, there was definitely a, a division in the group. But it's interesting because literally as soon as Haley left, it was like this air of negativity had just like it's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not talking about her, and the conversations changed. Who are you closest with on the girl side? Um, now it's Nicole. Like Nicole and I are really close. Um, obviously, Lydia and I have stayed in touch. I mean, I'm close with all of them. Rhonda, obviously, very close with her too. So it's it's kind of like I see Nicole the most. We hang out a lot. Um, and I, I speak to, to Rhonda probably on FaceTime. Have you guys, I, I heard a rumor that there's going to be a, re, uh, a get together of all the cast. Has that happened or not yet? There is a, there's an, a new episode on Netflix this Friday. Oh, wow. When yeah, was it filmed? It, it's been done in lockdown. So it's a kind of, um, it's a reunion style show. Like through Zoom? Lockdown. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Have you guys, prior to the show, or actually since the show has been released, and before Netflix did this extra piece, did you guys all get on a call together or no? Not at all. We haven't all been on a call. Yeah. Um, but, like, there's been times when I've been able to link up with them on, like, smaller groups. Um, but I did actually, like, since we filmed last July, me and... Kells and Lydia flew over to America and we went and hung out with some of the cast. So wow. I, um, Kells, Matt, Bryce and I went to Vegas for a few days and I like, had a great time there. Stayed at the Aria, which is just a wonderful hotel. And um, and then, yeah, we stayed in LA for like a week and just like hung out. And, and But isn't it, don't, don't you, personally, I think it's kind of cool the fact that that all took place before the show was successful. And you guys actually, I don't think anybody would appreciate the fact that you guys stayed in touch in that, that, in that regard. Yeah, it's, mate, honestly, it was really nice. Like, I wasn't anticipating that going into that environment that I would come out with a group of good friends. Yeah. You know, I, I thought it would be a little bit frictious maybe and that maybe you, like, click with one person. But actually, the group as a whole it's like probably 80% really close. And you've got um, some outliers, you know, you've got some people that maybe don't get along. I think there's some like beef at the moment between Francesca and Chloe for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but then the majority of the group are really tight. So, so I got a great question for my daughter. <laughs> she wants to know who, if there was a, if there was a reality show too hot to handle smart, who'd win between Haley Chloe and Tori. So, like, who's the dumbest? <laughs> I said smartest. <laughs> who's the smartest out of those three is, I would, I think Chloe. Yeah. Like, Chloe is smarter than she lets on. Yeah. Like, there's, I, I started to pick up on it after a couple of weeks where, she would say stuff and I'd like look at her and think that's far too intelligent a thing for you to say when you say other dumb shit. 
Yeah. Like, you say some really stupid shit. That's far too smart for you. So like, that's why I'm like, I think the dumb shit is a little bit of an act, maybe. Um, so I think that Chloe's the smartest. Haley just doesn't care. Yeah. That's Are you so in terms of now fans? Where are your most of your fans coming from? Fans of the show, fans of you. Um, the states primarily. Wow. Yeah. We've got a really good engaged group of fans from 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 America. Um, interestingly, uh, big in Brazil and Canada as well. Wow. So like a lot of a lot of the stateside and American people, and um, then obviously UK is probably my next demographic. But um, like, honestly, it's crazy. What people all over the place? Like I get messages from people in Korea. Japan, Australia, South that's Africa. That's awesome. That's America, awesome. Worldwide. So last question before we get into you, because I'm all curious, is I, I I read that you had not spent the money yet. Is that true? Yeah. No, it's currently sat in my bank account. Um, what are you going to do? Honestly, I don't know. Did they give you a check? <laughs> Wait, did they give you a check or did they wire it? What did they do? Yeah, they wired it. So it's like just gone straight in, no problems. Everything's been sweet. Um, so it's that's gonna, that. But it's yeah. got to mean, it's got to mean, like, you got to do something to make it meaningful for you, you know? Right. This is what I've been thinking. I think that, I think probably I'm going to spend most of it going back to America and seeing the boys and going on like a big party weekend, maybe, or just like having a good experience, maybe doing like a helicopter trip down the, uh, the, 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 the Grand Canyon, like something that's kind of like a awesome thing. You know, like, that's what I'm thinking. So, so let's get into you now, um, David. Uh, as I said, I get to do this. We started this series, and it's it's called Self Made, and it and it's this idea, and it, it comes back to this brand as an example. Where to me, every time someone holds the bottle or drinks out of the bottle, any of the bottles, it shows a sign of I've achieved something, I've done something, I've made it. Um, for you, and I. I um, uh, you've been you started two businesses you're doing your own thing what is what does self-made mean that's a really great question so self-made to me is independence effectively it is putting all your effort into something and not and basically not not having to need someone to rely on someone else to be able to make something happen so, you know, like I, I get a big work ethic from my parents, you know, like both of them work very, very hard, um, always out working late. And that is something that I take into my life now. So that I just, I guess I just never want someone to say to me, like, you should have tried harder, you know? And so like self-made, it, it's, it's, it's just being able to craft your own journey and being able to take inspiration from different places and being able to create something for me it's about creating something and creating a community and in empowering other people to basically better themselves so self-made it's it's a case of i don't want to be like limited by mm. the constraints of an organization I want to be free to, to go in this direction and then go in this direction and then go in this direction and kind of be able to craft my life because I kind of feel like, you know, obviously we only have one life and it's uh, it's up to us to decide how we live it and what you do with it. And for me, 
creating my companies has been an expression of myself as an individual and putting like the values and beliefs that I have into that. That's probably it, man. So, so if you're telling to be telling anybody in any industry, any field, anybody up and coming, anybody wants to be in a reality show, making that leap to do it on your own, what do you tell them? Like, what was it for you that, that allowed you to say, you know what, I'm going to go do this? I think it was, I've always had this, this thought in my head that I can achieve as long as I put my mind to it. Mm. Or as long as I apply myself, right? And I think that that's the main thing. I, I don't limit my own beliefs. I don't limit what I feel I can achieve. I basically feel like if I want to do something, if I put the effort in, I'll be able to achieve it. And I think that's possibly something that my parents instilled into me as well, is this self-belief that you just have to work really hard and be able to ask the right questions. So for people out there, I think if you, if you want to create something for yourself, the important thing is that you've got to dream big and you've got to have so much self-belief because no one is going to believe in you as much as you believe in you, you need mm-hmm. to believe you need to be the person driving this forward. And you've got to be relentless and you have got to go, go, go because it's much harder than anyone else makes it think, makes you think it is like starting a business of any kind. You will have setbacks. You'll have things that you put money into. that You shouldn't have put money into <laughs> like you'll have it appear from the outside. Like it's easy on the inside. It's, really it's not. So take, take, it's a great segue. Take this environment with COVID and everything else. How do you, how do you get through what you're dealing with as a personal trainer or through Endeavor or anything else? How do you, how do you motivate yourself? Yeah, the motivation has been a really interesting one. I think that I'm learning a lot about who I am as an individual by this situation because I'm, I'm an extrovert and personality type, right? So I really flourish by being around other people, like Mm. put me in a big group of people. I am like, I just fire on another level. And so at the moment, because I, I can't do that. I get these like kind of plateaus of energy and like dips and stuff. And I've definitely noticed I'm like, this is, this is a challenging time for me as a, as an individual. But I think that in order to continue moving forward, for me, it's about, instilling habits that make it easy to do stuff when you're not motivated you know like instilling habits that make everything easy so um training is a really simple example like if you can make the barrier to do it lower then you're much more likely to do it and it's the same in business like segmenting your time so you know okay i've got this amount of time to get this bit done i've got this amount of time to get this bit done i've got to get this done by this this point because then I can move on to the next thing and so even though your motivation might not be there when you have the habits that make it easy I think that's one of the key things to be able to doing it on a day-to-day basis however I think that right now being that we're in such an uncertain time the most powerful thing that people can do is actually just live fully in the day Mm. fully in the present like you can try and plan for every eventuality. And obviously if you've got a big business and obviously if someone like yourself, if the bars are closed, then you have to plan for that. You have to take those things into consideration. But as an individual, it can be 
um, you know, maybe quite anxiety inducing, or even there can be some depressive thoughts if you're thinking about too much in the future. If you just think, okay, what if I got to get done today? Then your mind can, can narrow its focus onto the one thing that's the most important thing. And therefore you become more efficient and effective at doing that thing. You know, so uh, do you, again, being a, you, to me, you sound, there's, there's, there's the, there's the, uh, how do I say this? A personal trainer, you assume, is somebody who's training you physically. But what you're also referring to is the mental aspect of everything. Where do you fall? Where do you fall in your kind of guidance for others? So I generally, well, I call myself a coach. That's the, and and it was very much personal training initially, but it's over the years kind of expanded. So now it's it's interesting because you start to see how so many different aspects of life are governed by your headspace. And um, the thing that I loved about fitness was the fact that when I would train someone, they would become more self-confident. Yep. They would have more self-belief. Their comfort zone would grow bigger. They would feel more comfortable being uncomfortable. And these would have like huge knock-on effects to the other areas of their life. So I kind of took that and was like, wow, okay, cool. So this is the thing. That's the thing that I actually like. The thing I like is seeing people better themselves in their life, right? So I was like, cool, well, let's let's run with this and do some reading, listen to podcasts, re reach out to coaches, understand those, those um, things in more detail. And then I can start to actually put it out there for other people to see. So... <clears throat> across social media now it's very much a thing that i try not to just talk about fitness but talking about life and and your mindset as well but the important thing that i try to distinguish is that i don't really want to give people uh <laughs> how do i say it? i don't want to give people just generic one line motivational things because i think it's bullshit most of the time mm -hmm. you see these PTs regurgitating one-line quotes from somewhere they read, and it's not something that truly is them. They're just chatting shit because they yep. think it's what they, they think that's what they should be putting out. So I just basically talk about my personal experience and share things from that side of things, and then people can kind of either it resonates with them and they can um, understand it, and they can maybe take that information into their own life, or they go. Okay, cool. I just learned something about David. And I, I find it interesting because from my perspective, uh, and I, I, I agree with you with respect to what self-made is, and it's the idea of doing it, you know, it's yourself. It's making your decisions. Um, uh, I think in this environment, I hate giving advice because I, if I'm giving advice, somebody else is, they, gotta, they need to make their own mistakes and their own trials. But you're in this unique situation where, you know, you, your show and Tiger King are the two most talked about things right now on Netflix. So you're in a unique position in the worst environment to create opportunity, which I think is amazing. Like, this is the time to take advantage of an opportunity. If, it, if, you're, if you're making freaking toilet paper, you're making, you know, uh, hand sanitizer, God bless you. Do you see that as like right now your fans are, are 
this is this is your opportunity. Do you see that? Yeah, I am. I'm very aware that right now we have a, an engaged group of people that maybe would not be necessarily as engaged because the world is basically slowed down. People aren't at work really, and everyone's at home. They want something. They're looking so, for a release. Exactly. Yeah. So like, the show is a fantastic way for people to do that. Um, it's a great way for people to kind of kill some time and enjoy some stuff and talk about things and like question maybe some of the things that are going on in their life. And I think that's the cool bit is that because the show had a positive message, it's given people maybe the conversation that they're like, oh, am I, could there be some things I'm doing in my life that I could be doing better? And, you know, we're now in this lockdown situation where, people may be questioning what their relationships really are like. And if there are ones that they could be improving, could they be talking to their parents more often? Could they be like showing more gratitude to their spouse and their partner? And, you know, it's a testing time at the moment. But for me, I'm aware that I want to basically, the show is the preview, right? Mm. So like where I see this is like the show is the preview. People watch the show and they go, oh, day seems kind of cool. I'm going to check him out on Instagram. And then this like Instagram and us doing this conversation and like my YouTube channel is the main event. That's where people can really gain information and like can become part of a community of people that all want a similar thing. Like that all want to be loved. They all want to be healthy. They all want to be fit and they all want to have a great time in life. And like, that's why I'm like, cool, let's, let's build this community of people because really I think we all want to be part of something we all want to be surrounded by like-minded individuals. And that's what right now I'm trying to, to help give people an opportunity to be part of something. And um, I think that's motivating. And uh, I think the way we treat it, and even in my business, in my world, if I take Bel Air, our, our sparkling, we have more followers on all our sites uh, for a brand, which is strange. It's like over a million followers. And it's not the fact that we're trying to get followers. Is that something we're connecting with people? And the, then the goal is, from my perspective, I just want to show love back. I want to support them. So I was interviewing, his name is uh, Paul Rodriguez, P-Rod, which is one of the yeah. biggest skateboard icons in, 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 in the world. His dad was a huge uh, uh, actor, comedian. But one of the things he said to me yesterday, said yesterday, two days ago, was, his dad taught him connect with your fans because if you connect with your fans, you're creating this, uh, this world that they appreciate and you appreciate. And I think that's your opportunity right now is what do you do with 800,000 people? You know, what do you do with 900,000 people? How do you, how do you make them, how do you change them and change their world so that you make them better and, and you better? Is that, yeah. do you see but the same thing? I do completely. And actually, I think that it is, um, you know, the fact that we're having this conversation, it shows how committed you are as a CEO to connecting with, with people. Like this shows, this is evident as to why uh, Bel Air has grown so much and your social channels have grown so much because you are reaching out and you're, you're giving people information and um, entertainment and that is building this community of people which are engaging with your brand. And yeah. That's what I'm trying to do too. Yeah, I think, again, I I like, it's a funny thing because I respect you. Uh, I, 
part of me hates you because you're so fucking good looking and you seem like <laughs> a really nice guy, which is even worse. So, so you're with my friend Omar. Uh, my friend Omar and I would like I would if if my friend Omar was friends with you, I'd tell him don't be friends with him. He's too nice and too good looking and never for girls because you're around him. But but you're the example of of uh, someone I would want to work with because it's about the hard work. It's about that's going to make you successful. Um, It's nothing else. Even if the show didn't exist, you'd still be successful. uh, Because it's in your drive. Doing the same thing. If the show didn't exist, I'd be doing the exact same thing. You know, like that's, that's the truth of it is like, and this is something which I was having a conversation with um, a client of mine the other day, very successful man. And we were talking about, my situation and about business and he was like you know there's so many people out there who are bad role models because they are basically showing that life is easy and when it's easy you can make loads of money and it's like perfect and so many people are starting to believe that is the case and it is not like life isn't easy it is hard and you have to work and you have to graft and you have to continually try and innovate and change and grow and evolve and adapt and reach out to people and take risks. And all of these things are essential to gain any kind of success. Like it doesn't just happen. You have to do the work. And that is something which I had this conversation with him and I was like, yes. And like, he was like, you're kind of the worst. You're the worst. And also you're kind of the best of the worst because he's like, you're one of them because you did the show, but you're also kind of like preaching the right message. So, you know, he was kind of torn. (laughs) But again, but I think, I think where he's torn is you're being authentic, which makes it difficult, you know, because Mm -hmm. you see what a lot of the reality is. How do you, at this point, I'm hoping you're getting offers and I'm hoping people are inquiring about you. How do you decide what's either how do you decide what makes sense for you to pursue or what sense what makes sense for you not to pursue? How do you make those decisions? Well, I think that I'm looking at myself as you would with any brand. So I have a, I have a goal of what it is that I want to achieve. And then I have my, my image and my brand as an individual and the things that I stand for as a person. And so when opportunities come, my way it's very much a case of putting that opportunity through the lens through the lens of does this align with this person who i actually am does it have my values does this company share my values are they trying to get the right thing are they authentic are they real are they passionate um and then i kind of go okay cool well if that ticks the box then the next thing is okay is does it align with where we're going you know and and so and we be we is who? We what? is me and my my brands and my business and Got it. those those kind of things because I'm associated with um a couple of businesses, other companies that I don't own any part of, but I'm associated associated with them. Like, is it the right thing for me to do something with another brand or is that going to conflict with somebody I'm already working with? So I think it's the same for, for you. Like when you're reaching out to people, you're thinking to yourself, okay, does, is this someone that reflects 
the brands that I own, that I want to put my name next to. Those are the kind of things I, I basically just do the exact same thing. I think if, if you ask, I think for me, it's, um, it's just, it's the work ethic. That's it. Cause I'm, I'm a fundamental believer in the harder you work, you're going to get there. If luck comes your way, if a show happens yeah. that is in the middle of a coronavirus and the whole world's <laughs> yeah. going to watch, God Absolutely. bless, yeah. you know, but without it, I, as long as I'm happy, as long as I'm doing what I like, I'll get there. So before we go, David, three, give me three tips you'd say to all those, you know, whether it's fitness instructors, whether it's coaches out there that you give advice, if you, if you needed to give advice to them, what would you tell them right now? Um, okay. So if we're talking specifically about coaching, although it probably would apply to everyone, you've got to know the thing that you're talking about inside and out. Like you have to be very smart, very educated about what it is. Um, the whole fake it till you make it, not a real thing. Uh, very much know what you're talking about. That would be my first one. Um, <clears throat> the second one would be you have to have a unique aspect. You have to have a USP. What differentiates you from other people? And you could combine that with your, your passion or your specific area of interest, but you have to effectively have something unique about you that people are going to buy into and that's that that's going to really really help you to move forward and then the third thing and i think this is something which i neglected when i was younger is that it's you can't just have a usp and be educated you have to be someone or a brand that someone would want to hang out with mm. you have to be an enjoyable person to be around you have to actually be like you have to be liked you know and that's something that i think is missed a lot of the time especially for pts you know pts are kind of given the information they're not really given any tools on brand or how to grow or anything yep. the business skills at all but like if you have a lot of information if you have a unique thing about you and if people like you then that will help you in a big big way well, I, I, again, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate this call. Um, I learn from everybody I talk to, like yourself. You're an inspiration. Um, I will promote the shit out of you with everybody I talk to. Uh, that's my goal. I, I like to do everything I possibly can. If you can help me reduce uh, uh, what I got going down below, um, no, God I bless. You. Uh, you don't worry about it, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I want as many uh, shirtless photos as I see on, on Google right now. Oh, um, but God bless you, man. You're doing it. And I'm uh, I'm thrilled to have met you. And I hope you parlay this and do something huge, which is happening. So, And what's, what's amazing is I will say it's crazy. But in 10, 15, 20, 30 years, people are going to remember you and remember your show because it happened during this situation. And that's epic in a way. You gave people a release, which is, which is, uh, I think it's inspiring. Um, no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> but that's cheers. A strong, strong point. Um, cheers, and I, I look forward to seeing you in London. We'll meet and have a drink at the Children or some fun place. All right. Oh, I would love to. Yes. Cheers. cheers.